everybody. It's another great day here at Wisdom the Wealth. Drew Stevens here with you, and I have an exceptional guest. I've been waiting to speak with her for the last several weeks. We've been back and forth on email, and she's going to talk to you a lot of what Dr. Drew tends to talk to you about, not necessarily about wealth, not necessarily about money in the stock market, but where to save the money, how to put it away. And here's the other thing. Whether you are middle income, whether you're high income, whether you're low income, we all have children, we all have families. And Beth Probst is going to talk to you today about how to save and how to save it in a good way and some good things. So Beth, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you with us today. I am really glad to be here. I'm glad we could could work out a date and time and make this uh, this work out in this, in this virtual um, simultaneous way. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So tell, tell everybody what you do and your three major points in which you help families, especially families that are looking to save for college, want to put money away for college, maybe private schools, charter schools, all kinds of good things like that. So, so the first thing that, that really comes to my mind um, is that I'd want to share with folks is to just recognize college as the big spend that it is right? So it is a humongous, uh, it's a thing, right? It's a, it's, we have to save for it. And, and often, you know, it's funny, Drew, um, I'll, I'll date myself, I'll age myself. I'm 53, almost 54 years old. There's and no in way. The, you're, you're 33 and you're lying by 20 years, but that's okay. No, no, no. By, I'll show you my gray hairs for, for all that. But, um, but in the, in the mid eighties, when I was heading to college, um, you know, I, I grew up in a family that was, you just had to college, right? You you were going to go to college. And so we all went to college and we, I followed a brother into a major at the same university where my parents had met. That was Purdue University, grew up in Indiana. And and our spend, Drew, you'll appreciate this. I actually had to, had to call Purdue and um, have them dig up records from like some dusty old file cabinet in the basement. $6,000 a year total cost of attendance. Wow. 6,000, right? Um, today, a year at Purdue for an in-state student is about $24,000. So um, so about 100K over four years uh, and, and, and Purdue's a bargain. Um, we also know, you know, at the other end of the spectrum, you can find colleges that are 70, $80,000 a year sticker price. That any way you slice it, you know, $100,000, $300,000 for a college education, it's a big spend. And I think as with every investor, they are looking for that return on the investment, right? How am I going to know after those four years that something good happened, right? And what what is that? You know, I mean, Drew, I'll, I'll pose it to you. What do you normally think of as the kind of the successful outcome to a college uh, education or investment? What, what comes to your mind? Yeah, you know, the big thing is, is promotion. The big thing is, is what, what, where am I going to go for a successful career utilizing that? Perfect. So once I'm done... What, what what do I launch to? And is that thing that I get to go do better than if we wouldn't have made that investment? right? so so what we're what we're hovering around is this concept of, yes, after those four short years, kids are going to head on to they'll close their last book and take their last test and they'll go to work. And so as they make that successful transition, 
Um, I really want families to back up that thinking uh, about career thinking and about what are my personal strengths and struggles as an individual, even in my teenage years, to start to articulate and talk about that, especially during those high school years before the college decisions are made. Um, and that, and I will also share with you. I mean, I, I, I hate to, I hate to call it a a gaping hole, but I will. Maybe a blind spot is a better way to put it, but our kids just don't know very much about real world careers. Um, I know you've got two yourself. We uh, we have two as well. And they, they know very, very little. They know um, what a doctor does. They know what a nurse does. They know what a teacher does because they're around teachers all the time. You know, maybe they're a, a sporty kid and, and got injured and they went to a, a physical therapist and they, they know what a physical therapist does. Um, maybe they see some things through social media, but honest to goodness, super, super, super limited view of real world careers. And how can we ever expect that they're going to be able to lift up their head at 16 or 18 or 20 or 22 and really know what they want to do without some support. I, so I think that's that's the key is that is that that support has to has to come from somewhere. And sadly, um, you know, my kids were public school kids, even even private school families. I know that is just a big miss that that education about career thinking and exploration and how to tie that together um, to an individual's strengths and interests. That's just not anything that that happens in a normal um, educational path. So that, that's, that's kind of the setup, I guess, of, of, our, of the situation that all of us are in. It's, it's interesting, uh, an interesting paradigm and question for you, um, probably a little off basis on college savings yeah. and all of that, but it, it's almost on the money. I adjunct instruct, and I find that there are many instructors, it's textbook, it's theory, this is the way that it is. There's nothing experiential, there's nothing applicable. Yep. And the way that you posited this was mom and dad should have a conversation four to five years earlier. More, but lots, of, should, lots of conversations, Drew, lots of conversations. Right, so should not then educators also be involved rather than stay with this mainstream of reading writing arithmetic let's show what the application is to give you where it's going to be applicable <laughs> i'm la i'm laughing because um you i'm gonna i'm gonna recast your question uh, around the word relevant and i i so <laughs> many students so many students will say to us, why do I have to learn this? Or, or your own kids complain to, you know, to right. you as parents, why do I have to learn this? And what is this really going to be used in the real world? What is the relevance? And I think um, that's a that's almost a whole nother podcast discussion about um, about educational law and what, you know, when when a state legislature bangs the gavel and says this has to be taught. Um, and 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 usually I kind of scratch my head and think, well, really, what's the relevance? What's the and and and, and there's one one exception that you'll love, Drew. And I'm in the state of Ohio, um, and the state of Ohio last year banged the gavel and um, and actually made it required that every student um, starting in the high school class of 2026 has to have a semester of financial literacy. So I'm like, I, I, I'm like, I'm sorry, excuse me, was that logical? Yeah. That's a good, yay, you know, so right. 
we do get those those logical things. But I think the relevance piece of it, I, I can't argue with anyone why anyone has to take four years of English, why anyone has to take that. Those are decisions made outside of, of my um, my purview. But what I can tell you is that it's very common for uh, dis school districts to require a certain number of elective credits. And that's where I think that's where a kiddo can say, this is what I get to take. This is what I want to take, right? So, you know, for my own daughter, it was a deep investment of time in digital design and software, right? Which led to her moving on to um, a college career in the user experience, user interface design world. Um, for my son, it was one semester of accounting and and taking that as an elective, right? So those are the things that I think can really spark um, that joyful uh, step for students. Um, I will also, I, I do wanna, I have to cough, sorry. I have to tie back to ways to save. I told you I was gonna have to cough a couple times. <laughs> I apologize for that. So ways to save. Um, this just two big ones that um, that are really, really important. I would tell you that when a family takes that time and has those discussions with a student about what makes them tick, what makes them excited, help swing open the doors to the world of careers that they have no idea about that can really be joyful and interesting for them to learn. Oh my gosh, people do this for a living. There, there are people out there that intersect, you know, you name it. Um, you know, economics and psychology. I'm almost thinking Malcolm Gladwell for some reason. Yes, there are people out there that do all kinds of amazing things. But if you don't ever come to learn about that, then you might not get excited and you might not right. see the relevance and you might not choose a great major. And here's the point, knowing your path, at least at the very least, eliminating some things that you know are not a great fit for you and honing in on some areas that you know, especially in that college journey toward a major. And then after those four short years of college heading out into the career world, knowing your path, having a rudder in the water is gonna save you money because it's going to, to lead toward um, perhaps your student changing their major three less times. Um, every time they do that, there's that risk of, of turning a four-year uh, career in college into a four and a half or a five-year career. And sadly, if your students earned any kind of scholarships, they're typically four-year renewable scholarships. So if you go that extra semester or that extra year, you're going full freight at whatever the going rate is at that college. So that can be a real um, choker for a lot of families. Another money saver that's phenomenal um, that, that uh, families need to look into how it works in your state because there are some different regulations state to state, but it's called dual enrollment. It's the concept that students can be duly enrolled in a college and in a high school at the same time they're earning simultaneous credit. Right, I've seen that. And typically those credits though, that a student can earn in the state of Ohio, um, we have a really awesome program. It, it, families pay $0 for those college classes and college credits, as long as their student passes the class. So your student can bank in that, in that program up to, you know, it's not uncommon to see kids banking 30 credits, 40 credits, 15 credits. You can bank up to 120 college credits while a student in high school, which is just a phenomenal opportunity to save money. So the really big cool. thing is having that rudder in the water, Drew. 
So uh, here's the $64,000 question. You have All offered right. a tremendous amount of value, tremendous amount of information. You obviously want to share that with the world. So how do people find out about theft? How do they come to you and get that needed jolt necessary to move the ball forward? You bet. So um, so we help families really with, with three different big areas. One is self-assessment, one is career exploration, and the third one is educational path planning. So the idea is once a student takes stock of who they are, learns how to explore careers, then and only then can they really make a path toward the right educational um, option that, that fits their career goals. So we help them in all those three different ways in lots of different, um, lo we do a ton of informational webinars, we do one-on-one -on -one work with families and anyone can get connected to us by simply hitting um, the website, www.getting at the core, just spell that all out, getting at the core.com. We do a free uh, newsletter every Sunday morning that's filled with high school, college, and career planning wisdom. Again, lots of free and low cost webinars, and then one-on-one uh, -on -one work that we do with families as well. Uh, this is awesome stuff. Beth, there's a ton you could probably tell us. So I'm just going to do it this way. Would you like to come back for part two? Because I think there's more to tell here. There is more to tell. There's always more to tell. I would love to come back for part two. Thank you for that. That would be great. Yeah. That'd be great. I, we, I'd love to have you on the show. I really appreciated your time and talents and look forward to having you on again. Uh, for you, everybody Drew. else, uh, just give them that website one more time just so they know how to get in touch with you. You bet. You bet. So just hit the internet and go to gettingatthecore.com. G-E-T-T-I-N-G. -E -T -T just spell it all out. Gettingatthecore.com. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of Wisdom of Wealth. We're giving you the wisdom so that you can get wealthy. This is Drew Stevens with my special guest, Beth Probst, today. We wish you a splendid remainder of the day. Whatever you do, do it with a whole bunch of wisdom. We'll see you next time.